Good morning for Tuesday, April 12, 2011. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. Leaders' arrest ends Ivory Coast standoff. Pakistan pushes for drastic cuts in CIA activity. And college loans weigh heavier on graduates. In today's national headlines, Indians join fight for access to Oklahoma Lake. And new mass translation is unclear to many Catholics. In today's financial headlines, studies say natural gas has its own problems. Gas prices rise and analysts seek a tipping point. And budget cuts raise doubts on the course of the U.S. recovery. More business news to come, more national and world stories as well. The latest from the sports page and New York Times columnist David Brooks. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Abidjan in the Ivory Coast. Leaders arrest ends Ivory Coast standoff. The story is written by Adam Nossiter. The strongman of Ivory Coast, Lauren Bagbo, was captured and taken into custody by his rival on Monday, ending a four-month standoff that left hundreds dead in this West African nation, put international diplomacy to a severe test, and ultimately dragged the country back into civil war. With French helicopters hovering in the skies, Bagbo surrendered to his rival's forces as they stormed his residence. The fighting is over, Bagbo said on his rival's television station after his arrest. For months, African diplomats and heads of state shuttled back and forth to Abidjan, pleading with Bagbo to step down after losing a presidential election last year. The United Nations, the United States, and the European Union demanded his resignation, imposing economic sanctions that crippled the economy but failed to push Bagbo from power. Instead, it took devastating airstrikes by French and United Nations helicopters to help end Bagbo's gamble to defy the international community, fight off his rival, and extend his rule. On Sunday night and into Monday morning, the helicopters pounded the presidential offices and the palatial residence where Bagbo and his wife had been holed up underground for days, firing missile blasts that were officially aimed at destroying the heavy weapons outside, but also reduced parts of Bagbo's last redoubts to smoking rubble. United Nations and French officials, wary of being seen as exceeding their mandate by enforcing regime change, insisted that their actions were solely intended to protect civilians, entirely independent of the final push to capture Bagbo by his rival's forces. But they readily acknowledged that the international airstrikes had broken Bagbo's defenses, leaving him open to capture. Elaine Leroy, head of the United Nations peacekeeping operations, said the strike on Bagbo's heavy weapons may have helped clear the way for Bagbo's rivals to storm the residence. President Obama commended the French and the United Nations saying Bagbo's illegitimate claim to power has finally come to an end. UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon called the arrest the end of a chapter that never should have been.